The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and now the Joe Biden presidency. We will be looking at how a 78-year-old president will change America and we'll be asking if normalcy, which is what he promised to bring, has returned to American politics. The answer, of course, is no. I'm joined today by Jacob Halbrun, who is editor of the National Interest and a much-loved contributor to Spectator USA. And we are going to be talking about Joe Biden's first few days in office. President Joe Biden, we should say. Um, Jacob, Politico this morning did quite an amusing list of all the things that uh, Biden said he would do on day one. It became a sort of campaign phrase of his to say, on day one, I'm going to do this. And he hasn't actually done quite a few of them, such as eliminating the Trump tax cut, also sending a bill to Congress repealing the liability protection for gun manufacturers and double tax on foreign profits on day one. That's just a few of them. Uh, what did he do on day one and what did you think of his first executive orders? I thought Biden came out of the gate pretty swiftly, uh, faster than I think previous presidents. He issued record 17 executive orders. And I thought the most striking thing was his repeal of the so-called Muslim ban and his proposal for sweeping immigration reform. Now he is also pushing ahead on the pandemic, trying to federalize the response, which is something that Donald Trump sedulously avoided as far as possible. And Biden, above all, is trying to push his theme of unity. And there, the big question will be, what constitutes unity? Is it Republicans capitulating to the proposals of Democrats? Or is it Democrats making actual compromises that Republicans are willing to accept? The battlefield has not been uh, the, the the battle has not yet be, been joined. Well, let's let's talk about the COVID response first of all. I mean, as you say, Trump did uh, avoid federalizing it, and some people think that was that's the reason why America has suffered relatively badly, um, not as badly as Great Britain, but. We always think of Americans of having a very ingrained sense of liberty because you do. Do you think that the sort of safetyism of the Biden administration will um, cause it problems in the coming months and years? No, I don't think that, uh, at least when it comes to the pandemic, that Biden's push his executive orders uh, demanding the wearing of masks in in federal places and in airports and so forth. I don't think that that will cause more of a backlash than we've already experienced. The principal problem that Joe Biden faces is obtaining enough vaccine doses with rapidity to 
inoculate the American population and revive the economy. If he is unable to revive the economy and restore jobs to the average working American, he will go down as a failed president. On the other hand, the, the scenery has never been more opportune for an incoming president. You have these crises. And if Biden is able to get the economy moving by May to June, he and the Democrats will be in an extremely strong position for the 2022 midterm elections. It's quite interesting. It's sometimes more interesting to look at the executive orders that presidents don't do when they come in. Uh, I think obviously there's the things he said he'd do and he didn't, hasn't done, but there's also, there was nothing on trade restrictions with China that some people thought there might be, um, which suggests that the Biden administration will continue the direction of travel of the Trump administration when it comes to China. Right. That's actually interesting. You may see more overlap between Biden and Trump than uh, many had anticipated. Biden has not rescinded the tariffs on China, and his incoming Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, testified before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that he agreed with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's designation of China as perpetrating genocide against the Uyghurs. Finally, when it comes to China, I believe that the administration will also take a pretty strong stance on the military confrontation with China. It will seek to rebuild alliances in East Asia, and it will deploy the American military as far as possible in a containment posture against China. So relations with China could remain rocky. Does it slightly depend? I mean, it, I get the impression that um, the sort of Biden worldview likes to have one bad guy. And for a long time, that's been Russia. And there's now a sort of uh, a struggle in the minds of, of, let's call them the liberal internationalists who, are, who make up Biden's cabinet as to who should be the bad guy. Should it be Russia or should it be China? And why can't it be both? Well, it could be both. The danger there, of course, is that you continue to push Russia into the arms of China and end up with both of these powers opposing the United States whenever and wherever they can. I think there is room for accommodation with China on trade issues, which would lower the temperature between the two nations. It's also the case that China does not appear to be an ideological rival of the United States, as was the Soviet Union. The Chinese are not looking for hegemony abroad. They are looking to maximize themselves as a great power. So I think you can reach some modus vivendi with China. Putin presents a different conundrum for the United States. There you have a power that has increased its military might, but is economically declining and is lashing out and seizing opportunities in the Middle East and in Europe to promote itself and to shore up its regime with foreign policy successes. So I think actually Russia is a more volatile counterpart than China is. And Biden uh, famously claims that he, um, when he met Putin in Russia, 
when Putin's title was actually prime minister, he said to him, he pointed in his chest and said to him, Mr. Prime Minister, I don't believe you have a soul. I don't believe that Biden actually said that. I think he tends to slightly make things up. But certainly that conveys what he wants people to think he thinks of Russia. And do you think this is down to the fact that Biden was vice president in 2008 when there was an attempted reset um, between uh, America and Russia? The Obama administration was keen to do that. And Biden was perhaps the reason that reset fell apart so quickly. Even if Biden does not officially pursue a reset with Russia, he does want to conclude an arms control deal with Moscow. If he concludes an arms control deal, the the path does begin to open up to cooperation in other areas. I am not convinced that Biden is fundamentally opposed to better relations with Russia. In fact, it would be ironic if he's more successful in that department than Trump ever was, because Democratic presidents historically have sought to reach some kind of detente with the Soviet Union. Of course, it was Nixon who initiated it, but it it began with Lyndon Johnson. I think that Biden could pull your, your sort of Nixon to China, that he actually has more maneuvering room with Russia than Trump did. Looking at somewhere like the Middle East, though, I mean, what you're probably going to see is a return of America as uh, the internationalist cop, the world's policeman. I mean, already Biden is talking about escalating troop levels in Iraq. There have been already troop movements into Syria. This is an administration that will go back to uh, the Bush and then Obama era policies of intervention and and policing the world? Possible, but I think that they have been chastened by the events that took place in the Obama administration, notably the failed intervention in Libya, which helped to bring about the Syrian civil war. Also, Biden is going to be focused on the economy at home and restoring America. The idea that there will be some kind of massive liberal intervention abroad to me seems far-fetched. Hmm. Also, don't forget that Biden is acutely aware that the American public has no stomach for some escapades abroad. Now, note that he did not appoint Susan Rice or Samantha Power to any top foreign policy positions. Instead, he put in Jake Sullivan and Tony Blinken, both of whom are traditional liberals. But I think they're well aware of the risks of military intervention abroad. So I would be, again, taken aback if we saw some spasm of a last democratic crusade. I think it was hollowed out by Bush and enjoyed its demise under Obama and Trump, both of whom, by the way, pursued pretty, pretty more realist inclined policies abroad. There's more actually, in some ways, more similarity and overlap between Obama and Trump than people are willing to acknowledge as well. And I don't see Biden as champing at the bit to get involved in some military adventure. Well, I suppose Obama and Trump, I don't think you could either call either of them actually that hot-headed. I mean, Trump seems hot-headed, but he seemed to avoid war because it's probably it was always too complicated for the diplomatic manoeuvres he was trying to do. Uh, and Obama was always reluctant 
uh, to intervene, even if he often did. Biden, however, his track record is interventionist. I mean, he was uh, chair of the Senate committee, uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee for Iraq, uh, and was arguably instrumental in ensuring that Congress was pro that intervention. Let's be careful here, Freddie. He did oppose the surge that of troops in Afghanistan he that did. Obama had backed. And Biden had supported the idea of carving up Iraq into various almost cantons rather than leaving a massive American troop presence in the country. So he is open to, to different ideas. And I see him as someone who believes in the American, or what is presented as the American creed of standing for democracy and human rights abroad. But like all presidents, once in office, I think he will be much more careful about deploying a military force. It was really, George W. Bush was something of an anomaly uh, declaring that we would extirpate evil. I mean, that was the kind of language we hadn't heard since Woodrow Wilson in World War I. A lot of people are talking about the decline of America's standing in the world under Trump and the opportunity Biden now has to restore it. How bad do you think America's standing in the world really got as a result of Trump? To what extent do you blame Trump? Uh, and how hopeful are you that Biden will restore America's standing in the world? Look, calling African shithole countries wasn't the way to endear yourself to that part of the continent. He went out of his way to thumb his nose at the Europeans. He also discombobulated the Chinese and Russians. Now you can all, for, for some time, people argued that this was Trump's genius to, to get them off balance. In the end though, I, I do think, you look at the public opinion polling, I mean, America's reputation is in the gutter right now. However, it also tumbled under George W. Bush. So I think these things can be turned around fairly rapidly. The Europeans, at least the ones that you waved goodbye to in Britain with Brexit, Freddie, <laughs> uh, recognize a soulmate in Joe Biden. And uh, I, I think relations with Europe will improve. Trump essentially accelerated an existing trend, which was the detachment of Europe from the United States. Germany's Angela Merkel, for example, is not kowtowing to the Biden administration's attempt to take a tougher line with China. So you could see a Europe that tries to maneuver more independently from the United States and China and, and to triangulate. But our reputation, I'm confident it will improve, but there are in fact sound reasons to be worried about the state of America, as many Europeans are, and to be somewhat mistrustful of where American democracy is headed and, and what kind of shape it's in right now. You mentioned uh, Britain, and I think that a lot of the Boris Johnson administration, a lot of the cabinet have been eager to say that they wanted Biden to win, because for all Trump's noises about supporting Brexit, not a lot of progress was made on a trade deal. And in fact, it wasn't actually that useful. And anyway, I think the political class in Westminster were always uncomfortable with Trump and they're much more comfortable with the idea of Biden. But there is this 
never-ending saga of the Churchill bust, which was famously taken out of the Oval Office by Barack Obama, was famously put back in to the Oval Office by Donald Trump, apparently at the request of Nigel Farage. And the bust has gone out again. Do you think limeys are being paranoid in seeing Joe Biden as an anti-English, anti-British figure? Not at all. Biden has a long relationship with Britain, and there is no way that he's going to allow relations with Britain to deteriorate substantially. It's, it's amusing that these kerfuffles come up over the, the bust of Churchill. And in a, in a way, you could argue that maybe British-American relations will proceed on a more solid footing without the, the myth of Churchill hovering over it. After all, Churchill has become more popular in, in America than he is in Britain. But I, I anticipate that Biden will try to strike some kind of a trade deal with Boris Johnson. And, uh, but the US will have the, the upper hand. Trump probably would have been more disposed to make a few concessions, to throw a few bones to Britain in any trade deal. But, but I mean, Biden's noises so far are fairly um, anti-Brexit. He's, he's expressed concern about the Northern Irish peace process. He said some rather supportive things to the European Union. I suppose the possibility of a good relationship between Britain and America are improved by the fact that Brexit, that we've now got a deal. Britain now has a deal with with Europe, um, which means that it, it, Biden doesn't need to use that as leverage. How do you see that rolling rolling on in the next year? Um, I I think Biden and Boris Johnson are going to have a lot to talk about and. Johnson probably, in some ways, will be relieved that he doesn't have this, this loose cannonball to deal with, uh, that he'll be able to proceed in a, in a more professional fashion with Biden. Of course, how professional is Boris now that I think of it? He's been somewhat humbled by the pandemic himself. So I, I'm basic, basically pretty bullish on the British-American relationship. And by the way, you seem to be doing fine so far on Brexit. I see that the pound is is surging in value against the American dollar. Well, that, like, I, that may be more to do with the... It's probably high time for you to pay another visit to the United <laughs> States credit. If the pandemic allows, uh, I will. But uh, that might be to, more to do with the weakening of the, of the dollar. Right. Uh, lastly, Jacob, uh, watching the inauguration, I know you've been concerned at what Trump did to America. Did you feel uh, your heart warming as you saw Joe Biden take the inaugural oath? It was more relief than jubilation, I have to say. Uh, I, I, For some reason, I, I was feeling uh, pleasantly chuffed, but but not uh, extraordinarily overwhelmed. That That just may be my own more circumspect personality. I am, though, I would say, I think people are wildly underestimating Biden's ambitions. You know, he labored in the shadow of Barack Obama for eight years, but he's been running for the presidency for 30 years. And now that he's finally obtained power, I think he wants to go down as one of the most influential presidents in American history. I'm not saying that Biden is a great orator or a, uh, in the vein of Ronald Reagan, 
or even someone who has the charisma of a Franklin Roosevelt. But I do think he spent so much time in the Senate with vice president. He understands from day one how the levers of government work and how to get the bureaucracy working for him. So I think that Biden may surprise people once more. He was written off during the primary. He was derided as mentally feeble when he ran against Trump. But I see a wily and extremely cunning politician in Joe Biden. And my surmise is that he could in fact defy the critics and become one of the more potent figures on the American political landscape. Well, uh, Jacob, I have to admit, so far you've been proven right on Biden. So it'll be very interesting to see if you continue to be right. Uh, thanks Thank very you. much again. Thank for you, Freddie. Us. And I hope you will continue to take me to task for any of my failings <laughs> in the future as well. Uh, you could guarantee it. <laughs>